Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of 30 for Net Zero 30. I'm Anna Marie Slot, Global Sustainability and ESG Partner at Ashurst. And this is the series in which we talk to 30 change makers around the globe on steps to take now in order to reach 2030 goals. Today, I'm very pleased to be joined by Lynette Ryan, Head of Sustainability at Sunrise, a global food business and one of Australia's leading branded food exporters. Lynette has a has a fascinating background. She's a she's a reformed lawyer who wised up and, and got out of private law. Maybe Lynette, could you could you tell us a little bit about how you came to work with Sunrise and, and the work that you're doing there? Yeah, of course. Hi, Anne Marie, and thanks for having me. Um, yes, as you mentioned, I'm uh, head of sustainability now at Sunrise, based in Sydney. Um, I started my career as a lawyer. In fact, I'm an Ashurst alumni. I started as a lawyer and then moved pretty quickly into in-house roles, legal roles. Um, But about 15 years ago, in one of those roles, based overseas, working for PepsiCo as a lawyer, um, I got involved in a project that was really focused on community impact um, and in those days was called uh, Corporate Social Responsibility, CSR. Um, and I really transitioned into that role um, and, and realised how much I was using my, my legal skills to do that role. So, so I haven't looked back since um, and I've gone on from those roles being corporate social responsibility roles into this um, current role that I have, which is a head of sustainability role at Sunrise, um, focused on you know, all of those sustainability strategy pieces. So you, you came to this role kind of when, when people thought about this from a CSR perspective, have you seen that shift, you know, particularly the last, you know, kind of two years? I think it's changed significantly over the last two years. So when I first got involved in this space, uh, back when it was corporate social responsibility, um, we were looking at it as a strategic driver, absolutely, but it wasn't thought of that way by many companies. Um, And now I would say uh, most companies look at what they call sustainability or corporate social responsibility or shared value. There's multiple names for it, but there's a real understanding now and it's taken off in the last 18 months that a really robust sustainability or ESG agenda can drive value creation. And that is a real shift, I think, that's happened over the last 18 months to two years. In some ways, we've moved from the why to to the how. Why would we do this? Convincing companies that it's the right thing to do to companies asking and knowing that it's a must-have, it needs to be embedded in your strategy, and it's absolutely intrinsically linked to how you create value as a company. Yeah, really interesting. And, and as a food exporter, what, is, what does that look like in terms of like just day-to-day? Because, you know, we talk to lots of different people, but I think it'd be really interesting for people to understand what sustainability looks like. Agriculture is such a huge part of, of delivering on sustainability. I think one thing I'd say about my role, and it's probably quite similar to the legal roles, no day is the same. So um, we are an agricultural company, but that's one of our main supply chains. It's just one of our main supply chains. So one of our greatest focuses, obviously, is on-farm sustainability, but that's not us. We have to find ways to influence our, our agricultural supply chain to ensure that it maintains a level of sustainability and continuous improvement. We're really lucky because Sunrise as an Australian company started as a co-op of Australian rice growers. Um, And with that history, we have amazing connection and relationships with our rice growers in Australia, um, a very well connected supply chain in that space. 
They're doing a lot of work that's been world leading. You know, we use 50% less water than the global average, for example. Now, my job is to make sure that we understand that impact of those practices and that we're one, able to you know, continue to improve, but how do we connect that to the conversation we have with other stakeholders? What does that mean to our, our customers, the people we're selling to, the retailers, to our consumers, the people that are buying it on pack? Um, you know, we really need to be able to connect that story from the farm all the way to the consumer who's buying it in the store. So you know, that supply chain is a really significant supply chain. There are a number of other what we call priority areas in, in, in Sunrise, but all of them have a body of work around them. You know, we're doing all of our work around climate resilience and the path to net zero. The task force on climate related financial disclosures is a really key part of um, our strategy and our work. How do we make sure we've got a path that makes sense? How do we make sure that we're looking for risks and opportunities that come about as a result of climate change? And then there's a whole raft of, you know, additional priorities looking at sustainable packaging and you know additional things that all link into that that story and that impact that we have as a company but you know at the heart of it as you say um, is agriculture and how we make sure that that's sustainable and we can continue to feed uh, as many people as we can in the most sustainable way um, that we can. Good, good aim, certainly. I think that everyone would agree with. I think you know one of the things that people um struggle with at this point, I think, is trying to figure out where to start and how and how that works and how you build that into your different aspects of your of your company. I guess if if you were to pick kind of one action that you think really kind of changes the dial on that on that delivery of of sustainability across in particular across that supply chain, you know, you you raise a question that a lot of companies have because I don't, you know, I don't control this end and I don't control that end. So how do I deliver on commitments across, um, you know, across the whole scope of what I'm doing as a company? I think what I've really come to understand, particularly in the last 12 months, is you have to start. Everyone knows that perfection can be the enemy of progress and you just have to get started in that. And collaboration is key. So what we try and do um, if I think about it from an external perspective, is who can help us achieve this goal and who do we need to work with? And it doesn't have to be perfect to get started. So really ambitious goals are important because it gives you a destination you want to head to, but really understanding who you need to collaborate with in order to achieve that is really important and you need to just get started on a path. And then you think about how do I hold myself accountable for what I'm doing? And that's the internal piece. I talk a lot to people in our teams about, you know, what their superpower is. You know, the marketers need to understand what they bring to that sustainability ESG agenda. They are excellent at moving consumer um, sentiment. They know how to inspire consumers and there is a role for that. So helping every level of an organisation and every function in an organisation understand what their role in that is and lighting that passion that actually, you know, all of us really have, most of us have, um, to use their their day-to-day skills to deliver that objective is really important as well. As a as an ex-lawyer, I work, I know that there is that skill set within the legal team as well to be able to understand what they can bring in even internally in our business. What do the lawyers bring to that? Quite often they're the voice at a table um, for negotiations with our suppliers where they can ask the question it's actually part of the part of the contract negotiation you know what is it what's your agenda supplier can we incorporate that in the way we measure 
and track our performance against the contract and understanding those sorts of really tangible things like measurement, accountability um, is really, really key. Yeah, we do a lot of work actually with Chancery Lane, which is a which is a kind of group of, of lawyers working together, believe it or not, to come up with um, language that people can use in contracts to kind of be able to amend those contracts if, if, if those relationships aren't you know, working in a way that is, that is delivering on commitments. So, you know, things like that. And it's a, it's a fair point. A question I always ask for people who are working in this space, because of that distinction between kind of work life and personal life that, that people make, what, what is your, is your own commitment to net zero kind of over the next, you know, 12 months or so? Yeah, I think that's a really interesting and, and important question to ask people that are in this space. I, I don't think it's one of those things where you can have a distinction between your commitment at work and your commitment at home and you have to lead by example um, so from my perspective it goes from very small things in the office um, like being that person who's always using you know the, the the reusable cups and the reusable it's really important and if you don't do that and you don't walk the talk people know people notice so just from a really small level i'd say those things but then at home you know we have um, we have solar electricity and my big commitment over the next 12 months is to move. We still have some gas in our house for cooking and for heating and that can be changed over to um, electrify that, that heat source and we can get more, more um, solar panels on our roof, something that as an you know, Australian roof is quite handy. Um, so that's my, my big commitment over the next 12 months is to, to improve our, our footprint at home really. In light of what you're doing at home, in light of what you're doing at the office, um, in light of how you're working across that network of all those growers, if you could give people a takeaway, I mean, I think we've talked about it in a little bit of detail. I, you know, I really like this idea of just get started now. This is something that we, you know, we hear and that we we talk about a lot. Um, that don't don't let perfect be the be uh, the enemy of of the good. What is that? thing that if somebody's listening and what, what what do you think they could do from where they're sitting here you know noting that our listeners are kind of from a, a wide-ranging background in business and law one of the really key um things that's really going to make a change is um to understand your role in in that footprint you know and and think about how you can measure and hold yourself accountable for the changes so, you know, all of many people in the corporate sector are, are in a really fantastically privileged position that we have a power and an influence just by the role that we have. And I think being that voice in conversations, even if the conversation is not about sustainability, is not about net zero, be the voice that asks the question around what could we do in this space that can deliver against that impact. It might not be that, you know, that conversation is meant to be, you know, around net zero, but quite often I, I, I say to people, I can't be in every conversation within our own business. I can't be there. I can't be that voice in every single conversation. But what our teams have committed to do is to ask the question in every conversation. And I think that's a really good call to action, no matter what your role is, be that voice, be the person who's going to ask the question and also be the person who's willing to ask what role can you play in solving it because it's actually everybody's got to have a role in it if not you then who <laughs> excellent um no definitely good good points i mean be be the, be the voice bring it to the table um i think solving the problem and also finding the opportunities there because that that is a huge aspect going forward right as more and more companies are going to realize 
that they need to look through their chains, you know, that connectivity between the, you know, both ends of the spectrum, um, or in fact, the circle of, of the business cycle um, is a really critical point to, to kind of bring out. Um, any, any last comments for, for our listeners? Anything you want to leave people with? I think that you, you made that really good point, and I think that's a really good one that I'd like to leave with people, which is the opportunity piece. Um, there is a huge opportunity on the table in relation to this work. And the companies and organisations that get it right, um, not only will they have a massive impact um, on the planet, and it's something that we need, um, not only will they have some personal satisfaction in it, but they're actually going to do well. Companies are not going to succeed if they can't take advantage of these opportunities. So um, I, that would be my, my parting comment is, um, you know, change your perception. This isn't about risk management. This isn't about, um, you know, any kind of right to operate. It's actually an opportunity on the table and the people who get it right are going to do really well. Great. Thanks so much, Lynette. I really appreciate you joining us today. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you found it worthwhile. To learn more about the issues we've just covered, please visit ashurst.com forward slash podcasts. This 30 for Net Zero 30 episode is just one small part of our continuing podcast series, ESG Matters at Ashurst. Make sure you don't miss any of our future episodes by subscribing via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. While you're there, you can also listen to our other episodes and leave a rating or review. In the meantime, thanks again for listening and goodbye for now.